0: or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Live from the Play Show, yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Happy Halloween, and welcome in to a Tuesday Edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, SiriusXM Channel One Fifty Eight, the Free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. Eight five five two one two four CBS is number to jump on in. Eight five five two one two forty two twenty seven. You could always interact with me on the good old cesspool of Twitter or on Instagram, where I'm always straight flexing at Zach Gelb. That's Z a c h g e l b. I currently have my binoculars up right now. I am doing some scouting as I am dressed today as Connor Stallions. Thank you for your service, Connor. And we appreciate all the great work that you did for the Michigan football team. So we are going a little Connor Stallions today on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm not the only one that is dressed up. And we do have some big guests today as we are going to be joined by the head coach of the Oregon Ducks, Dan Lanning, the actual Dan Lanning, coming up 20 minutes from now. And we'll be joined by Dalvin Cook, who could be traded by the NFL trade deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific today. But on the other side of the glass, I don't know how we did this. This is excellent booking, but we have Mike McDaniel, the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins. And coach, you're off to a wonderful start this season. You know, it would be nice if you guys could take down the Buffalo Bills or show up against the Philadelphia Eagles, but... Everyone thought you were a joke of a hire when you were made the head man, the head honcho of the Dolphins two years ago. And now two years later, you have a team that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Thank you, Zach. Happy to be here and happy to uh, be one of the best teams in the league. And uh, Tua to Valoa, just the uh, the best quarterback in the league. We're, we're happy to be here. You've really embraced him, unlike Brian Flores. you got to talk a little bit slower, though. A little slower. slower. And then... If Samter, you got to be careful. We'll get to your costume in just a second, Mickey Mouse. But if you see Stu start to run and jolt right out of the (laughs) studio, maybe trip him and uh, make sure he doesn't leave the confines of the CBS Sports Radio studios because we do have a show to get to and we'll be rocking and rolling all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And Michael Samter is dressed up as Mickey Mouse. And a source did tell me from all the fine scouting that I've done, because I'm scouting, not only in the college football world, but all around the world, that your beautiful daughter is uh, Minnie Mouse today. So that's a nice job.
0: Ha, 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 Yes, yes, yes.
2: She's, she's Minnie Mouse today.
1: Wow. I wasn't <laughs> expecting <laughs> you to sound like that. That's pretty creepy there, Mickey Mouse.
2: What do you mean? This is just my voice.
1: <laughs> he sounds like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Boy. Ha, ha, ha. Well, if you were an old producer that used to work here, Sean Marash, that would be pretty simple to just dress up as the Pillsbury Doughboy. But there you go. Big Mike CBS is dressed up as Mickey Mouse. Well, happy Halloween. We'll give you our top five candies coming up later today and maybe some of our favorite costumes of all time. But I got to start on a scary note. And it's scary if you are the usual board op of this show and not the head football coach of the Miami Dolphins in Stuart Kovacs. Because last night on Monday Night Football, to conclude Week 8 in the NFL, you saw an embarrassing, lethargic, and putrid effort from the Las Vegas Raiders. And let me be abundantly clear right out of the gate. The Raiders signing Jimmy G was a mistake. They need to trade Devontae Adams. It won't happen in the next hour. It's going to happen this upcoming offseason. And Josh McDaniels needs to be fired. That is the easiest way to say it. That is the simplest way to say it. And all those statements are true. Now, my take on this is not impacted by the fact that I had Devontae Adams at plus 150 on an anytime touchdown last night. But that dude is too good of a wide receiver to be open twice. One would have been like a 99-yard touchdown as they were stuck in their own end zone. And the other would have been 45 to 50 yards. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat last night. Because he had Adams wide open. And both times, he just overthrew Devontae Adams. And it wasn't even close. And then also, if you want to go back to earlier in the game, I almost forgot about this. The underthrow, at least the last two were an overthrow, And he's used to that, like Emmanuel Sanders, how he overthrew him in the Super Bowl a few years ago. But even in double coverage, Devontae Adams, because he's so great, got the separation and he underthrew him and it led to an interception. I have never been a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I remember a few years ago when Tom Brady left the Patriots, some people were trying to advocate for Jimmy Garoppolo to return to one Patriot place. And my response was, why? Why would you want to bring in someone who is not a franchise quarterback? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is a eh, quarterback. He is an average, you know, slightly above average quarterback who has won a lot of games in this league. But the biggest reason why he won games was because of the system he was in with the San Francisco 49ers and the loaded roster. But it seems like each and every year, this dude gets hurt. So when you go to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then we'll work backwards to McDaniels and Adams, but Jimmy G was such an underwhelming signing for the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's something that through six games you know it's not working. And when there were rumors this offseason, like Stu was getting excited, oh, maybe Tom Brady's going to go there. And I thought that had some legitimate legs because I didn't think Brady was done with playing football. But once Brady retires, all the speculation was Aaron Rodgers. And if you recall, the day Aaron Rodgers, and I know he didn't get traded that day, but the day that Aaron Rodgers declared that he intended on playing football this year and he wanted to get traded to the Jets, Pat McAfee asked him about a former teammate of his who plays on the Raiders in Devontae Adams. And I'm paraphrasing here, but Rodgers basically said there was interest there. And for whatever the reasons were, the Raiders didn't actively and seriously pursue that. And I don't get why. Maybe it's because Josh McDaniels is an egomaniac, but do you want to keep your job? Do you want to win games? Because to say to a fan base, and I know it's not him, but there was speculation, legitimate speculation, that Rodgers was going to be there or Brady was going to be there. And to wind up with Jimmy Freaking G, it is the ultimate. Wah, wah, wah. And you know, he's either not gonna be good enough or he's gonna get hurt. And last night, I actually had some sympathy for Jimmy G. Now, the Raiders' offensive line stinks. That is abundantly clear as well. But with how many injuries he suffered, it's clear mentally the physical beating that he's taken is now getting to his head. Because even when the Raiders were able to muster up a few seconds and hold the defensive lineman, Jimmy G had no awareness. Jimmy G was afraid last night. And how many times did he have an opportunity to get the ball out, even if he had to make a risky throw, and he saw a defensive lineman and he said, yeah, I'm just going to roll right into you and take the sack. I don't even know what to say to Raiders fans. I really don't. I try to be at times optimistic. I want to try to enlighten and help a passionate, crazy fan base. But there's no hope. This team, it's crazy that they already got to three wins. Because they're three and five, and they suck. And you have three of the, what, top 20 players in the league? Josh Jacobs is a stud. They're wasting him. Devontae Adams is a stud. They're wasting him. And Max Crosby, he was a man possessed last night, and it meant nothing. Because he was great in the game, but when you have Josh McDaniels and Jimmy Garoppolo running the show, there's only one destination, and that's failure. And that's what the Raiders are right now. The Raiders are a bunch of losers. The Raiders are a bunch of failures. And Mark Davis... You can't be either this stupid or this cheap moving forward. I know that you had to pay uh, John Gruden and you had to give him a certain amount of money. And now, through two years, you don't want to be paying another coach to not coach the team. But you are the biggest buffoon in the NFL. And there's a lot of buffoons in the NFL. If you bring back Josh McDaniels after this season, I don't see anything this guy does well. Like, if I give any coach, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, and Devonte Adams, you should be able to be competent. Instead, you're incompetent. Now, let me get to Devontae Adams real quickly. No one should be surprised with his frustration last night. Now, don't get me wrong. Devontae Adams also, the rare times he gets thrown the football, he has to catch it. Because last week, when Brian Hoyer was playing... Right down that uh, left uh, back of the end zone, he had a wide-open touchdown, and he dropped it. Last night, on third down, he was wide open. They were deep in their own territory, and they dropped it. But when you are used to a standard of Aaron Rodgers and being someone that's playing along with Aaron Rodgers, I understand he wanted out of Green Bay. He wanted to go play with Derek Carr. But you have to have some foresight there. I know you want to get closer to home and the family and all that stuff, but you got to be a little clairvoyant and know, yeah, Derek Carr, I know he's your buddy from Fresno State, but he's not that good either. And he was on the last go around with the Raiders. So you were annoyed that the Packers weren't giving you enough attention financially. Then at the end of it, it was too late. You left actually more money on the table to leave. And you wind up with the Raiders your best bud in Derek Carr after one year gets cut, released. He's now with the Saints. And we all knew this was going to be an unmitigated disaster before the start of the season because it was in the offseason where he was basically bitching and complaining about the coach and the GM. And then a day later, he's like, oh, let me put all the, to- uh, the toothpaste back in the tube, and there's nothing wrong, nothing to see, or I was misquoted. That was a bunch of bull bleep. There's no other way to say it. So now, halfway through the season... No one should be surprised that Devontae Adams is perturbed. And, yeah, you got to catch the football, but he's used to a different standard. And it's most obvious thing. I did a sportsman on it this summer. Yeah, Devontae Adams is going to play this year for the Raiders. But at the end of the year, the Raiders aren't going to be any good. And at the end of the year, he's going to ask for a trade. And it's very easy to probably say he'll kind of go NBA kind of approach. And what I mean by that is he'll go on out there and he'll say, I want to go to the Jets. Rodgers put the public pressure on him, and then what? If you're the Jets, give a first-round pick to go get Devontae Adams. So this is inevitable that at the end of the year, it's not going to happen in the next 40 minutes. doesn't make sense for the Raiders to do that. But at the end of the year, Devontae Adams will get traded. Let me play uh, two audio uh, cuts here. This is Devontae Adams after the game where they lost 26-14. to And it's crazy the final score was 26-14. to because it looked a lot worse than that, and he had some turnovers. He had the interception that went for a touchdown uh, by Jared Goff. But it's amazing that this game was only 26-14 to because it felt like it was like 35-3. to three. But here is Devontae Adams. tell so you know it's bad. He was so dejected after the loss that he was at a loss for words.
3: I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just... Uh, I truly, I just don't know.
1: No, we all know what you want to say. You could blame the media. We all know what you want to say. You hate Josh McDaniels. You think Jimmy G is a bum quarterback, and you want out. But you're not going to say that because then you're going to get the tag of being a bad teammate. And here is Josh Jacobs. who didn't get rewarded this off season. They barely been using him. They only gave him 15 carries last night. He gets four yards a carry, so give him credit. He led the Raiders. Hear this? He led the Raiders in receiving. He only had two catches. For 27 yards. And at the fir- at first half I knew it was bad for the Raiders. But they go to halftime. And I hear Aikman and Buck go, well, no Raiders receiver had a reception in the first half. And I was laughing. But here's Josh Jacobs, who didn't get rewarded this offseason with a brand new contract. Clearly doesn't like Josh McDaniels and David Zeigler either. And knows that the Raiders are wasting him. And this was the, what, the, the league's leading rusher last year. And here's uh, Jacobs showing his frustration with the offense. You say it's got to be better. You have any ideas or anything you think that could, could spark the offense going forward?
3: Mm. Oh, no, they not in my It's a bright
1: spot for you, at least in the passing game. I think you know you are leading all running backs and receiving yards. Yeah, but oh, man, bro. Man. So you have Devontae Adams annoyed. You have Josh Jacobs annoyed, and both of them, you know, they would want to get out of the Raiders and their organization and their dysfunctional organization right now if they could. But that's not going to happen until the end of this season. It is the Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. One of the best teams in college football is Oregon. Quack, quack. We'll talk to the head football coach of the Oregon Ducks, Dan Lanning, when we return after these short messages.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: All righty, we continue. This is Zach Gelb show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. The Oregon Ducks have been one of the better stories in college football this season. They are seven and one, coming off a big time win at Utah over the weekend, thirty five to six. This weekend, they have Cal, and now joining us is the head football coach at Oregon in Dan Landon. Coach, always appreciate the time. Thanks for it. How are you?
4: I'm doing good, Zach. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, I little birdie told me that you guys had a little uh, Halloween fun yesterday in the facility, but you dressed up as the big bad uh, werewolf, and you scared some children yesterday on your coaching staff.
4: Yeah, I got a I got a rough time last year because I wasn't dressed up. I wasn't wearing anything. So I had my wife. I said, hey, go grab me a mask or something to you know, Halloween store, and she she went pretty aggressive I had, uh the Big Bad Wolf. And it was a hit, but not really when a three-year-old walks around the corner into my office, it's a little too scary. So i got to reassess that for next year. Always what, learn.
1: What is your favorite candy item, by the way?
4: I'm probably a gummy guy. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they had some of these, uh, what are they, like Lifesaver, life like gummy ring deals or whatever. They, those are pretty legit, I'd say that.
1: My image of you is just crushing candy in the office and then a lot of energy drinks. Is that fair?
4: Not, you know, I'm coffee and uh, I, I've been pretty good this year about not, not doing too much candy, but there's a bunch of candy in my office right now because of this Halloween deal yesterday. So I got to figure out a way to get rid of it. But uh, more coffee than energy drinks every once in a while, I'll hit a Red Bull, uh, you know, sugar free Red Bull, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's coffee. And I would imagine your
1: real coffee is just getting on that football field. Cause when you get in that locker room and you give those epic pregame speeches or you're on the sideline, you just get in a zone coach. And I mean, this in like the most polite way possible. And I want this for my football coach. You just have that look in your eyes that like you're all in on, on football when you get on your sanctuary.
4: I mean, how great is this sport? Like how fun is this sport? And I, I loved playing it. I was never talented enough to play at Oregon. Um, but this is, like, the closest thing to that fix. There's no feeling in the world better than getting to coach football.
1: Talking to Dan Landing right now, the head coach of the Oregon Ducks. That team uh, last week, what you did in a tough environment was so impressive. I thought you guys were going to win the game. I know you can't touch on the gambling side of it, but I laid the six and a half points with you, but I didn't even think it would be that much of a blowout. What does that win say about your team, coach?
4: Well, just that we can play a complete a complete game, you know, and there's obviously a lot of season left, so um, you can't get too caught up in the moment because the next game is now the most important game. And uh, our guys went out and performed kind of in all all three phases. But I'm probably more excited that our guys walked away saying, "Oh man, what if we would have hit this? Or what if we would have executed this better?" So uh, a lot of room for growth for us moving forward.
1: Now, this is only your second year at Oregon. It's your first time being a head coach. When you hear that from your players where they walk away from what looked like a perfect game, but they think they could do more, that's got to be a signal to you what you and your staff are doing is really working, that they're understanding your guys' mentality.
4: Well, I think it's a signal more than anything that our guys live in reality, right? And people, um, media, and everything else that exists out there, they're going to create highs and lows for your team that really have nothing to do with your team. And um, the reality is we do need to get better. We do have a lot of things that we can improve, and I'm glad our guys see that.
1: Were you surprised with the way that the game played out? Because we all know how much respect people have for Kyle Whittingham and what he's been able to do at Utah the last two years, back-to-back Pac-12 champs. To see it be that lopsided, that catch you by surprise.
4: I I thought our team could perform well and and match up well. And, you know, for for the brand of play that they have, it's hard if they get down for them to, you know, convert to a different brand of play on offense. So I felt like that was something if we, um, you know, the same things that he preaches, like if you take care of the ball – Um, and you win the line of scrimmage, you're going to have an opportunity to control the game. And we were able to do that on Saturday, and that's probably what led to success. The last two weeks coming
1: off that crushing defeat up against Washington, which was my favorite college football game of the season, it was awesome to see both teams play the way that they did. And unfortunately for you guys, uh, you just lose right at the end. and don't get to go to overtime. But I was wondering how your team is going to respond the following two weeks coming off a, a tough loss like that in a big national stage. These last two weeks, not not only on the field, because we've talked about on the field, but in practice, what kind of hunger did you sense from your guys?
4: Yeah, our guys are hungry. Um, and that's just because they're competitors. You know, one of the best things you can do for your team is make sure you have guys with competitive spirit on your team. And we got a bunch of competitors on our team. We just, I just actually got off the practice field with our guys today, the Tuesday practice. And it's, it's physical practice that uh, I've been a part of in a long time with Guys competing, and, you know, I think that's the secret to to having great success is guys that embrace the strain and what it takes to be successful. Let me get to your quarterback.
1: Like, I don't even know what else there is to say. It's all praise, praise, and praise. Uh, You get to see him day in and day out. You've known him for a while. What do you enjoy the most about coaching Bo Nix?
4: Well, his competitive spirit is is certainly where it starts. Um, His ability to execute, and and, uh, I say it all the time, but get us in the right looks and the right plays. Uh, He's really good at that. Um, but he holds himself to a high standard and the people around him to a high standard, which makes us better.
1: Why has it worked at Oregon? Because it was a little up and down at Auburn, and the last two years he's been one of the better quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the country.
4: I can't speak to what didn't work um, before, um, but I can speak to what Bo's done here, and I think everybody can see what the success that Bo's uh, had here. He's obviously a great quarterback. I went against him when when I was at Georgia, and I was always fearful playing Bo because he has big playability at all times. His legs are a weapon as well as his arm. Um, And I think what he's done here is just been able to show everybody else what he's capable of and what he can do. Do you feel like you have the best QB in the country? Yeah, I certainly do. And uh, I don't get to coach every other QB, but again, I don't know if everybody realizes the value of everything else this guy does for us. And um I mean, I, I spend as much time talking to Bo throughout the week as I do anybody on our coaching staff and, you know, any of our players. His preparation is unmatched. Um, his intelligence, his work ethic, um, i just never been around anybody quite like it. And then for him to go out and perform the way he does on Saturdays is really impressive. You know, in my business, we
1: spend so much time talking about the coach, talking about the quarterback. Through this season so far where you guys are 7-1 and in the top 10, looking like a college football playoff team, potential Pac-12 champions, what else has really impressed you outside of the quarterback with this team?
4: Well, all that stuff's so far away, and it's really about focusing on where we're at right now. What I'll say is I think there's a lot of uh, outside noise and a lot of questions about a lot of places and, and pieces on our team. And I think that our, our players have responded well in saying they can eliminate uh, the outside noise by just going out there and doing their job. You know, there's a lot of questions around our offensive line going into the season. You know, we're running the ball really well, and we're protecting the quarterback. Um, a lot of you know questions about our, some of the defensive pieces we had, um, and you know what that was going to look like moving forward. And those guys are executing at a high level, but again, it has nothing to do with the next week. And it's about what you what what you do now and what's next. So we got to continue to improve and continue to grow. Um, but I'm really happy with where our team's at so far.
1: Well, I saw a quote that you gave, and it's music to my ears because I'm very strict in calling a team great. And you said since the summer we have talked about the process of good to great. We're a good team right now. What you do in November will determine if we're a great team. You've been around great teams. You've been around Alabama. You've been around Georgia. Are you seeing signs from your team so far that suggest, all right, this team's ready to take that next step and be a great team in the final two, three months of the season?
4: Well, time will tell. You know, time will tell. Like you said, I've been around great teams, but I'll say at this moment with every one of those teams that I was a part of, I don't think you knew yet. You still don't know, and it's it's still about going out there and executing um within the game it's still and each one of those teams faced adversity too you know at the end of the season great teams that i've been a part of they still experienced some adversity that they had to overcome so um we don't know that yet you know we're, we're good and um but i don't know if we're great you know for our performance in november will tell us that how are you a different
1: coach from last year to this year just wondering
4: um maybe a little more patient and um you know, just my thought process, and uh, I, I, I'll say this: last year, you know, you expect the unexpected, but I don't know if I always knew how to react in the unexpected. And uh, this year, I feel like with the unexpected, I know exactly how I want to react because I've I've kind of played that out in my mind before it before it happens.
1: Before we let Dan Landing run the coach of the Oregon Ducks, I want to ask you this: you know, we've seen coordinators get tabbed as like that next guy in college football. Some succeed, some fail. It's the nature of the business. Through the first two years, you've had a lot of success. Why, when you got the opportunity to be a head coach, were you ready for the moment?
4: Well, because I have had the opportunity to be around phenomenal coaches before I got there. You know, I always um, talk about in coaching, it's really not about years of experience. It's about quality of experience. And if you look at the people that I got to work with and work for and the players that I got to coach, I had really quality experience. Um, To get to be a fly on the wall for guys like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and Mike Norvell and Todd Graham and Casey Keeler, the coaches, the plethora of coaches that I got to work for, I learned a lot from each one of them. Um, things that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to do different, um, but I always learned. And as long as I continue to have that growth mindset for me, I think I can continue improving and get better myself.
1: I know the first college football playoff rankings come out tonight. Do you care where you guys land, or is it too early?
4: Just win. If we win, we take care of it. The rest takes care of itself. I don't, it doesn't really matter um, what what that says. Just win.
1: Last thing I'll ask you, and there's some irony in this, because I'm dressed up as Connor Stallions right now. That's my Halloween costume. Uh, how do you react to everything that's going on at Michigan and the sign-stealing scandal in the sport of college football right now?
4: Well, I think that'll all take care of itself. Um, obviously, that the the operation there is, um, you know, that, that was different. And the more that comes out, I think the more people realize that's not the way it's supposed to work. It's not the way college football is supposed to work. Um, but but that'll all take care of itself. That's, that's not on my plate, which I'm glad it's not. And then one more bonus
1: thing that I'll ask you. How about Cal this upcoming weekend? Uh, what do you see when you scout them?
4: Well, it's a, it's a night and day team from last year. Um, their efficiency on offense is really impressive. They've been able to put up points. I think they're getting more and more comfortable, which is hard. You know, in year one with the coordinator, um, You know, the coordinator change, Coach Pavel has done a really good job. And obviously Coach Wilcox has, has done a good job for a long time. But this team... Um, can create explosives they're one of the best running backs in our league he's an nfl back Um, you know and they they do a good job distributing the ball um, and and making sure that they're always in in games with the way that they play and the points that they're able to score so it's going to be a really unique challenge for us we have to go out there and play really sound football Um, and the things that win every week in college football still still win we got to take care of the ball we got to create explosive plays and prevent explosives Well, Coach, uh, your team's been a
1: joy to watch so far. Good luck and good health the rest of the way, and always do appreciate when you carve out a few minutes for us on CBS Sports Radio.
4: Absolutely. Thanks, Zach, for having me. Have a good one.
1: You too. There he is, Coach Dan Lanning, joining us on the show, and that team has been such a joy to watch, and they have one of the more impressive wins this season. Um, I know Utah doesn't have Cam Rising. He's out for the season, but uh, Kyle Winningham is one of the top coaches in the nation, and they are so tough to beat in their own building and Oregon didn't just go to their house last weekend. Uh, they were confident. I saw Dan landing was on game day uh, right before uh, the game earlier that morning. You don't usually see that in a road environment and that team. And once again, I laid them minus the six and a half points, right? You know, I liked them. I didn't think the game though was going to be 35 to six. And that game was over rather quickly with the ducks making a big statement. And I know the pack 12 is loaded and the pack 12 is the preeminent conference in college football this year from top to bottom, in my opinion. But I really want to see, and hopefully we get it, a rematch Washington and Oregon with two coaches I love in Dan Lanning and Kalen DeBoer. All righty, we'll take a break here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will get to Dalvin Cook when we come on back. Trade deadline is 28 minutes away. Is Dalvin Cook going to get traded? We'll discuss with the Jets running back for now when we return. Update time. Here he is, the act man, Rich Ackerman.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve a ice cold reward. is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy. Tough you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: We continue this. Is the Zach Gilb show coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Now joining us from the New York Jets is Dalvin Cook. And Dalvin joins us on behalf of a science-driven wellness company and supplement manufacturer called Thorn. And Dalvin, of course, is a huge advocate for optimizing his health and wellness on and off the football field. To learn more, please visit www.thorne.com. That is T-H-O-R-N-E dot com. Dalvin Cook, thanks so much for doing this. How you been?
3: I've been great, man. I've been great.
1: Well, it is Halloween, so I don't usually dress like this. I'm dressed as Connor Stallings, the Michigan scout that is in the news right now. But take me back to your youth a little bit. Do you have a favorite Halloween costume through all these years?
3: Uh favorite Halloween costume. No, I'll probably just put on some pads. <laughs> something like that when I was younger. That was probably it. Is it cool now, especially when you're in Minnesota? Now
1: coming over the Jets. I'm sure when you're in Minnesota, a bunch of kids dressed up as as Dalvin Cook when uh you were playing for them. Is that pretty neat to see?
3: That's 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 cool, man. That's what you do it for. Like to shed that that positive light. Halloween come around, see a kid with your jersey on or something. You no, know, that's what you do it for.
1: What's your favorite candy, by the way?
3: Uh, Tootsie Roll.
1: Ooh, nothing like a, a good Tootsie Roll. I'm, I'm a Kit Kat guy or a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, but I could go with some Tootsie Rolls. Dalvin right. Cook uh, here with us. Uh, let me start you off with your old team, and then we'll get to the, the Jets. Uh, unfortunate news this past week with uh, Kirk Cousins going down for the season, torn Achilles, you know him well. Just when you saw that after your game, how'd you kind of react to it?
3: No, you know, it's always, you no know, bad when a, when a player, any kind of player gets hurt, hurt in his league because you put so much into the game as far as preparing, you know, just working and just putting yourself in position to go perform, and then you get, you know, bad outcomes like that. You know, Kurt is one of the greatest human beings I've been around my entire life, so, you know, I sent my love out to him. Um, he's like a brother to me, so I hope he heal up fast and get back on the field.
1: And you know what it's like to have to leave one home and start off in a new place. Uh, it is the final year of Kirk Cousins' contract. Do you kind of feel like that's it for him in Minnesota, or could there be a chance for a reunion next
3: year? I don't know, man. Kirk is proving in his league. You know, he, he just racked the numbers up. That's what he do, man. He's a winner. And just, just being around him and playing with him, I just think he has a great relationship but with the organization, and they understand who he is, and you know how to win football games with him. So. I don't know,
1: Dalvin Cook here with us from the Jets. This gotta be an interesting and a little bit of an awkward day for you. Your name's getting thrown in a bunch of trade speculations. It's trade deadline day right at four p m Eastern. Just how has this day been like for you?
3: Another day, another day for me. um I love where we're at as a team. you know I, I'm just grinding man um i' I let the business handle the business and you know I handle the grass. And that's just how I approach it.
1: You guys are four and three, and that's without Aaron Rodgers going down four games into the season. So it shows the talent that you have on this team. You being a new guy, even though you've been in the league for a while, what has stood out with you uh with this Jet squad through the first seven games?
3: I think the mindset, I think the mindset of don't flinch, you see some of the games we'd be in, we'd be close games. But when it comes down to it, you know, the few games we did lose, it was right at the end. And We just got that don't flinch mentality you know we could be playing a certain way, come have time and then you know here we come like we're we ready to come and do what we need to do. So it's a don't flinch mentality and I think that's the that's a good mindset to have as a, as a unit.
1: Who is Zach Wilson as a quarterback and how would you kind of describe him?
3: He's Zach Wilson um he bring his that swag that you know his mentality, his way of playing football. And I think it's been good for us, you know, once we, you know, get rolling for him and start making plays, we get into a rhythm and you see the type of ball he can play at a high level. But he plays his style of game and, you know, that's who he is.
1: It wasn't that long ago that you just got into the NFL and you immediately got to a pretty elite level. You look at Brees Hall. He was going to win Rookie of the Year last year before getting hurt and he's come back. Uh, stronger than ever you knowing what it takes to be a great running back in this league what has impressed you so far with Brees
3: Hall I just think his mindset um just putting it behind him we're gonna we went to play Denver and that's when he had the big run I think that was the field he got hurt on just putting that just putting that behind him and just going out there and just playing ball I think that's what it comes down to you know I had my ACL injury and that was the only thing getting you over the hump was your mindset like all right I'm I put the work in, I put the time in, all right, let's go play football. I think he got that in his mind. He's just, he's just playing ball.
1: You know, we're similar ages and we're not old heads, but in the NFL you're considered now a veteran in this league. When you talk to a younger player like Brees Hall, knowing what it takes, just what kind of advice do you give him?
3: Um, Just trust, just trusting yourself. Um, you know, in this league you put a lot into the game and, the, the the part off the field where it's you in the weight room, you putting the time in the field room, you doing all the work that you need to do to lead up to game day to be successful. So, like, you know, trust yourself and just go turn it loose. And that's just the best advice I could give anybody.
1: What kind of player are you still? Because this is the first time really in your career after some sustained success where people are wondering how much more football do you have left in you?
3: I'm me. I'm Dalvin. Um, my brand of ball is my brand of ball. Um, you know, you cut the tape on this. What's what you need to see, and I'm still like God, man. This opportunity is coming. I'm gonna be ready to go.
1: Is that difficult for you because you're not getting that many opportunities with the success of Brees? And I know that you're a competitor. I know that you're hungry. But you have all these people saying, "Oh, Dalvin Cook is washed up. Oh, Dalvin Cook's not great anymore." And you still feel like you're the same back that we just saw a year ago in Minnesota, right?
3: Yeah, nothing's changed. Um, same mindset, same grind every day. Um, like I said, opportunity's coming, and I'm gonna be ready to go. Um, but you can't let other people' opinion no waiver how you prepare for the for the for the t- for the test. And I prepare the same way, and I'm just ready for opportunity, and that's it.
1: When the deadline comes today in a little bit at four PM Eastern, if you don't get traded, how would you react to that?
3: Um, like I said, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna go to work. That's just what it is. Um, like I said, I like our situation. I like where we're at. Um, like I'm, I'm a firm believer of, of things gonna play out how high it's gonna play out. And like I said, you cannot never be ready for the test, and I'm gonna be ready for the test.
1: So this isn't a situation where if you don't get traded, you're happy, like you said. You're not asking for a release or anything like that.
3: Yeah, I wake up and enjoy going to work. Um, The day I stop doing that, that's the day I stop playing football. My body's ready to go. My mind's ready to play. Yeah, I wake up and I enjoy going to work.
1: Let me get to your guy, uh, your quarterback, the guy who's supposed to be the starting quarterback this year, unfortunate injury uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, You guys were adversaries for all those years, now on the same team. To just see him on the field before the game, not that long removed after tearing his Achilles and he's dropping back and he's saying he's going to come back this year. How do you kind of view that knowing what he's been through?
3: Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I'm sitting right here watching the Pat McAfee show and I just seen the video for the first time. Like of him dropping back and putting weight on his leg. It's impressive, man. Like Especially a guy of his age, but you just know the way. Aaron take care of himself and the way he go about his business, you know, that he's serious about what he's saying. So, you know, you kind of seeing the results. It's a great vibe, man. That's, that's good to see, man. And like you said, that's our leader. So, you know, to see him in good spirits, to see him, you know, aiming to get back with the group is good.
1: So when he says that he plans on playing and he's not ruling that out, a lot of us go, oh, that's not possible. I guess he is one of one. Do you fully expect Rodgers at some point this year to be running out on that field on MetLife Stadium and taking snaps and playing?
3: I think a lot comes with that. I think we got to be in a position to go do something as a unit. Um, I think he got to be comfortable enough to come back and you know do what he needs to do and beat Aaron. You know Everybody knows the, the way Aaron played a game. So you know, I think there's a lot come with that. But like I said... He's one of the GOATs, so you don't rule them out.
1: All right, Dalvin Cook, before we let you run, tell me more about the work that you're doing with Thorne. Once again, www.thorne.com. That's T-H-O-R-N-E is how you spell Thorne. Dalvin Cook, the floor is yours.
3: Yeah, um, I think just me as a premier athlete, just putting the right things in my body, putting myself in position to go perform um, each and every day, and how I prepare myself to go train. So I think... Born has some of the best supplements and some of the best things you could do to put in your body. So, you know, that's where we're at with it now. And I think, you know, they're one of the companies that you, you know need to look, in, look into.
1: Dalvin Cook, enjoy the rest of the day. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Be well. Appreciate it, bro. There he is, Dalvin Cook, joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We are 10 minutes away. Tick, 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 tick to the NFL trade deadline, and so far, Dalvin Cook has not been dealt. I would actually be surprised if he does get traded, and that's why I kind of followed up with, well, if you don't get traded, would you then ask for your release? And he didn't directly answer it, but he did say multiple times in the interview that he is happy uh, going to work, and he likes the team, but you know he wants more carries and more touches. I don't think that's realistic. I would have thought he would have been used more with the Jets. But with that being said, Brees Hall came back quicker than what anyone could have expected. And you just know what this is. When you get to 27, 28, 29 years old and you have some wear and tear on the body in the NFL, the moment you don't put up those big prodigious stats, people then start to say, oh, you're in decline mode. So I think it could be a little mixture of both where he's starting to decline. But then yet again, he had a wonderful season last year. If he gets more opportunities down the stretch, maybe he starts to look like the old Dalvin Cook, but he still feels as if he's the same player. All Uh coming up in a few moments, we will uh, recap everything from the trade deadline. The two biggest deals so far is Montez Sweat getting traded for a second-round pick to the Chicago Bears. There's a lot of questions on that one. Why did the Bears do this? You could have got him at the end of the year. I have a different thought on that, so we'll get to that in about eight minutes or so. And then once Montez Sweat got traded, a lot of people are like, I guess they're going to keep Chase Young, who hasn't been healthy, has been a disappointment. You know, I had Paul Alexander, the former offensive line coach. He once compared him to Lawrence Taylor. And I remember I interviewed Chase Young at the Heisman, and I said to him, When you hear the comparisons to Lawrence Taylor, how do you react to it? And his, like, eyes lit up. He couldn't believe it. Now, Chase Young was a dominant player at the Ohio State. But so far, whether it's a mixture of injuries and then this commander's defense being more disappointing than successful, we have not seen Chase Young pop off. And the Washington Commanders have been a team where they've already questioned Chase Young by not picking up his fifth-year option before the start of the season. So I guess I shouldn't be shocked by the fact that Chase Young got traded today. But once Sweat did get traded, I did not expect Young to get traded. But if you're not going to resign him and give him a new contract, you may as well get what you could get. And Montez Sweat ends up going for more than what Chase Young ended up going for because Chase Young only got traded for a third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. So the Niners' defense, which was dynamite a few weeks ago, now gets called under question and gets put under the magnify glass. Now all of a sudden they go make a move to give them another weapon on the defensive side of the ball. And some people, they obsess over the third-round pick, but I do think that it's a low-risk, high-reward with Chase Young. And that defense, I know we all talk about the offense and Brock Purdy uh, not having Debo Samuel and Trent Williams and is Brock Purdy a system quarterback, but that defense lasts a few weeks has really done a 180, especially up against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And it shows you how great of a player Joe Burrow is. The defensive player of the week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. This week's player is Vikings linebacker Daniil Hunter in Sunday's 24-10 win over the Packers. Hunter had a sack and two forced fumbles. And on the season, Hunter has 10 sacks and three force fumble. So he is the defensive player of the week. And once again, that's brought to you by the Navy federal credit union. All righty. We'll come on back. We'll see what happens in the final six minutes. What news is breaking? Who's getting dealt? Usually the NFL trade deadline, it ends up being more underwhelming than overwhelming, but let's see what chaos ensues in the final six minutes. We'll react to it on the other side. Plus I've compiled my list through the first eight weeks of the season as now we're moving on to week nine of the coaches that are on the hot seat and whose seat is warmest. We are scouting. We're getting ready to go. Connor Stallion, Zach Gelb here with you on this Halloween, coming on back after these short messages.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
2: Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.